This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 28th of January. There's a great fascination nowadays in discovering where we come from. Programmes such as Who Do You Think You Are have added to this fascination, together with websites and do-it-yourself kits that allow you to trace your ancestry. I have the opinion that it's not always a good idea to dig too deep, as you can either be surprised or shocked at what you discover. No one, for example, wants to know that their great-great-grandfather was deported to the Antipodes as a criminal. But continuity is important, and especially in matters of faith, because we ought to know where we come from. For the Jews, Moses was the one from whom it had all descended. He spoke with God in the burning bush and he received the commandments on Mount Horeb and led the people out of slavery. Every rabbi had learned the law from another rabbi who had in turn learned it from another all the way back to Moses. So when Moses says, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like myself from among yourselves, he's not only saying something amazing to his hearers, about his relative importance, but he's pointing to Christ, to the coming of the Messiah. When Jesus appears, everything changes. When he enters the synagogue in Capernaum, he speaks in such a compelling way that he is universally recognised as not being like any other preacher or rabbi. He speaks with authority, and he does this because he is God wasn't the content so much as the tone and it comes from out of his own substance out of his own authority he says the law the Torah says this but I tell you because he himself is the author of all law now if you were a Jew you would have got up and left because he was claiming an authority and a power which no Jew could claim so it prompts the question, who is this? Who is this who teaches with even greater authority than Moses? And what happens then is even more amazing. A man enters the synagogue and he brings in with him the devil, the unclean spirit. He brings into the synagogue of all places, into a holy space, the evil one. How often it happens that the spirit of darkness finds its way even to the places where we pray and worship. How often we allow the evil one to distract us from what we should be focusing on by making us focus on the peripherals, the people around us, the music, the way someone reads, the surroundings, the language, and we focus on that and hold on to something incidental by letting it ferment and distract us. If we ever attend Mass and leave Mass in that way, we haven't participated as we should. And the devil loves it. We can make us do that. Because the word for devil, diabolus, means a scattering or divisive power. Whereas the divine is a unifying power. The three persons of the Trinity abiding in the one God is the expression of unity, is the presence of God among his people. The devil is the divider. And the unclean spirit recognises the Christ before him, 
who isn't just one more scribe or prophet among others. He identifies him as the Holy One of God. It's often what resists God in us that recognises most what God is. It's the diabolical in us that recognises most clearly the power and authority of Jesus, because Jesus has come to address dysfunction at every level. I like the way C.S. Lewis describes hell where the evil one lives. He says hell is a state where everyone is perpetually concerned about their own dignity and advancement, where everyone has a grievance and where everyone lives with the deadly serious passions of envy, self-importance and resentment. Doesn't that sum up rather well the attitude of society today and of attitudes within the church too? The spirit of darkness exists everywhere and in every one of us to a greater or lesser extent. We live life in that continual struggle between good and evil, between light and darkness. It's a constant struggle to remain in the light. So how do we rid ourselves of this spirit of darkness? Is it done easily by making a few adjustments, a, small, a few small changes of how we view life? Well, anyone who's wrestled with addiction or harmful influences and powers in their life knows it takes much more. The darkness comes out in a convulsive way with a loud cry. And that's the power of Jesus and the power of the gospel, which is why everyone was amazed. Here is a new teaching with authority. But it's more because even the unclean spirits obey him, as does everything and everyone. Divine authority commands everything. So the revolutionary power of Christianity is a complete change in thinking, of being, of acting, that flows from God himself and comes in that voice that we have to hear and we have to surrender to. That's how we become saints. By that surrender to the divine, exemplified in the life of the saints and in her, who is the first among the saints, but is also above them, because by her faith and surrender, Mary followed Christ and shows us also how to follow him with the same perfection. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honour you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.